You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I am Mark Bird, and with me in the studio today is Angie. And how are you today, Angie? You know, it's a great day in the Lord, Mark. It is. Let us rejoice, therefore, and be glad in it. Right, Amen. Angie? Amen. There's, you know what? It's a day when I got up, my feet hit the floor, and the enemy trembled. Oh, man. And you know it's every day like that. Yep. It's just that we don't realize it. Right. It's, but that's what makes it such a good day. Because I know I'm on the winning side. How about you? Oh, amen. We are on the Lord's side. And, you know, if God be for us, Scripture says in Romans, who can be be against us? That's right. Nobody nobody can touch us. Nobody can snatch us out of the hand of the Lord. You know what? That's the thing that I wish people would really grasp onto. Yep. Do you know we talk a lot about identity in my church? I don't know about you. I think you and I talk about it a lot. Identity is the core. If you are like a new or maybe you just don't know where to start with the Bible. Yep. Oh my goodness, start with identity. Amen. I wish that more people would understand what they have been given. Right. It's not just a get out of hell free card. Right. It is an opportunity to live in tremendous freedom and power. Yes. Yet every day we walk around defeated on this earth. And it's all through our attitudes and the words that we say when we we say, I don't know what this country's coming to. And remember, you know, I don't listen to that. No. You know why? Because I say, okay, I better get busy. There's that's people it. that are dying. That's it. And that's how I take it. The end times are going to happen. And do that's it. how it should be. It should stir us to that. Yes. But my thing is, why do people think it's going to get better? It right. doesn't say that in the Bible. It was never promised. <laughs> and I'm, re- I'm reminded of Jesus. He, he told, I think is in John 14, he goes, oh, if it weren't so, I would have told you. Right. Right. So like, hey, why should you be surprised? Like, I didn't warn you about that. It wasn't going to be a walk in the park. But to what you're saying, Angie, he said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. Yes. That really speaks to what you just said about identity, right? Abundant life. Yeah, but people don't know what that looks like. Right. So I want to help people understand what it looks like. Share yeah. that thing that you had brought to me the other yeah, day. Yeah, let's do this. I, I found a picture, um, a word picture, I guess, if you will, on the internet the other day, and I sent it to Angie in advance because I really wanted to talk about this. And as it turns out, I got to the studio today, and you know, we started to talk about it, and we realized, or I should say I realized, that today was going to be the last lesson in this series that we call Growing Faith. And I saw this and it grabbed my heart because we talked all through this series about what faith is. Yeah, and how to make it more, I guess, stronger, how to grow in it. that's it, how to grow in it. But what we didn't talk about is what faith is not. Mm. Because there are, Angie, you probably know this, there's lots of misconceptions about what faith is or isn't. Yes, And by knowing what faith isn't, then don't waste your time on it. Don't focus on it, right? It's As Jesus said in Matthew, it's like shifting sand. Don't build your house on that, right? Build your house on Christ. He is the rock. But here's the saying. Here's what this says. Faith is not about everything turning out okay. Faith is about being okay no matter how things turn out. It's your perception. It is. Right. And so back to what we were saying before, if you knew 
you're on the winning side. That's it. If you know you're a child of God, if you know who you are in yeah. Christ, none of this stuff phases you. Right. And that's where I'm sitting. I sit before you today with that mindset. I don't care about the Rona. I don't care about death. I don't care about what's going on in the country. It's not that I'm being complacent. Now, I don't want people to hear me wrong. It's not that I don't care. It's that I see the bigger picture. Right. Because I know God is still in it. But it also, it keeps alerting me, as I said before, that I need to get the message of Christ out there. Because people need to hear it. People need to hear love. Because love is being shoved under the rug right now. That's for sure. And love is hiding, really. And we're not saying, keep your head in the sand because just act like none of this is happening. That's not what we're saying, Angie. But right. what we are saying is, listen, the need is being uncovered even more now than ever. Just had a conversation today at lunch with some spiritual leaders. And the... The uncovering of need is greater than it ever has been yes. in our perception, right? Because of where we're located and, you know, all the busyness that has kept our heads out of what's going on mm-hmm. and out of the clouds, so they say, right? Because there's a saying that says, you're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And so you can just be la, 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 kumbaya and all those things and totally miss being effective and impacting people's lives because that's what Jesus expects us to do. But what this is talking about right here, Angie, this faith is not about everything turning out okay, which is a great preemption to what we're kicking off next, Angie, this thing about prayer. Mm. Because I want to talk about what happens if you pray in faith, believing, right? Those words are in the scripture. Pray in faith, believing, Asking the Father in my name, right? What happens if you do that and it doesn't come to pass? Mm. We would label that unanswered prayer. If. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Isn't there a song about that unanswered prayer? I'm not saying it's a biblical or godly song, but what I am saying is that is a perception of many people. Well, if you walked into XYZ Church and you said, hey, how many of you have unanswered prayer. Oh, everybody would raise their hand. Everybody would raise their hand and answer that. But here's the thing. It's not about everything turning out the way that we wanted it to, but it's about being okay no matter how things turn out because it's the perspective of who's in charge and who's in control, Mm. right? So did it turn out okay? Well, it wasn't what I prayed and asked for. And so the perception or the dividing line, if you will, is... Well, how did it turn out according to whose will? Right. I was just teaching on Galatians. This is exactly what it was. You know, it started out as an issue of circumcision. Right. And they were saying circumcision is what gets you really your judge, your your salvation. Right. And he was like, "Mm, no. Now, but then he broke it down to what the real issue was. It's the flesh versus the spirit. It is. When you're flesh minded, when it says, when you sow in the flesh, you reap destruction. And when you sow in the spirit, you reap those things of the spirit. Right. Right. And so our attitudes can either be those fleshy attitudes where we didn't get our our prayers answered. Right. Or we can go back to the spirit and say, but God is bigger. And God has a bigger way. Now, he does use things right. for our good. Now, I am 
amazed. We have a mutual friend who was just talking about a group he formed after um, for grief, right? Yeah. And the the thing that it it just struck me the goodness of God that even though he had to go through such a tough time, right. Now God's using that to help others. Amen. What a beautiful thing. And this happens all the time. There's people who've gone through abortions right. and now they're working in that industry so that they can say or into the into the uh, pro-life industry and right. saying, "Here, I understand what you're going through. Let me." So there's there's this happens. Yeah. All the time. And God can redeem us in so many ways and but we have to be spiritual minded. We have to be thinking, what would God do? I right. mean, it's right back to what would Jesus do? I, I hate to go back to the whole, you know, <laughs> WWJD. <laughs> but honestly, that's living by the Spirit. That's what Paul talked about in the whole of Galatians. Right. And now I'm getting into Ephesians. And so now I'm like, okay, he's talking to the church right now. And now we yeah, all I have to listen. <laughs> that's where we are. There's building blocks here and I'm following. I'm following God. So here's the scriptural precedent in that for me, because it comes down to whose will is in charge. Yes, whose flesh is in charge. And Jesus, <laughs> while he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, right? Yes. And he said, nevertheless, if it be your will. Yes. Like he did know the Father's will. He did know. Yes. And he said, but my will right now is to let this cup pass. But he realized, but nevertheless. There's because, no other way. Because honestly, was he out of touch? No, he knew. Yeah, he knew. He knew, and he had to take it to prayer, which is where we'll go with the whole next series. Which I'm very excited in about. Prayer. Me too. I've got some great testimonials coming. Oh, I'm super glad. And I think we all need to hear them. <laughs> yeah, the really power do. of prayer. People don't realize how powerful prayer is. Exactly. You know, that's the one thing that we are the worst at as Christians. Yes. You know, we're great at going to church and making it all sound good. But, so what mm. is the greatest unattended church meeting in existence? <laughs> yes, it's the prayer, <laughs> prayer meeting. meeting, right? Yes. Because, and it is honestly because we don't understand it. If mm-hmm. you really understood it, if we really understood it, we would be the first ones on the front pew, right? Yes, exactly. And we'll get into that. But what I wanted to go back to just for a second is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he just realized, here's what I needed to do, Father. I need to be reassured of your will. And here's what happens when we find ourselves in a spot or in a place where we feel like there's unanswered prayer. Because I really have to ask, is any prayer unanswered? No, I don't think so. And here's the other thing that's really hard, bitter pill to swallow, Angie, and I've counseled people like this over the years. Is God capable of saying no? Mm. We Do we want to hear it? <laughs> we don't. And that's the whole thing. So we have to believe, right? Because any parent will tell you this. Have you ever told your children no? It doesn't always turn out so good. The children never want to hear no. <laughs> and so is God capable of saying no? But are we willing? And, and I think I want to liken it to this fact in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed and he said, but nevertheless, Father, if it be your will, thine be done. What was God's answer to Jesus' own prayer? No. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you let this cup pass from me, Father? Mm, nope. No. No. Was, this was the only way. So I'm saying, and so yep. the, he then he realigned his will with the Father's will. And that is how we change our attitudes yes. about what we're facing. That's exactly right. So you may not like what you're facing but there's things that you can get out of this tough time. Like yeah. there's a trial. Okay, 
let me go back to what I've said before. If you are a lemon and you get squeezed, <laughs> lemon juice comes out, right? Yes, it does. And lemon juice is great. It's used for all kinds of things. Yep. And when we get squeezed, I want to know what's coming out of us. That's it. And is it good for mm. everybody around us or Amen. is it like sour right. and yuck? Honestly, we don't grow in the good times. No. We grow in the squeeze. Right. And in so, the valley. In, yeah. We have to feel the squeeze. And that's where it's like, it's back to the fire. When we're in the fire, what are we going to come out looking like? That's so good, Angie. <laughs> There's so many things that come across my mind, so many scriptures that, that hits me. But I'm just thinking about this in likening it to what we're all going through right now, because the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is, mm. right? It's it's the eternal things, not the temporal things. And it's easy to say, okay, and, and do that, but can we find peace in that in these times where we didn't get the answer we were looking for or all around us doesn't look like what we thought we were praying for and what we right. thought the outcome was going to look and like. And I guess that's my thing is that if you lose your joy because you don't get your way, isn't it like a child having a temper tantrum in the middle of the supermarket? I don't think we want to be told that, though, <laughs> do we? <laughs> I mean, is it real joy if you lose it as soon as you don't get your way? That's my question, Mark. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> That'll <And> preach. <laughs> it will preach. It takes me right to James chapter one. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Yeah. I mean, you've studied the metal workers, right? So explain that to people who maybe haven't heard it before. What the fire does and what the metal worker has to do. Yeah. And it's to get rid of the dross, we call it. It's the junk in the metal. And the only way for that to be separated, and you guys can relate, probably most people can relate to the oil separation of water. Oil yes. and water don't mix. Yes. But in the metallurgy thing, listen, it has to be heated up to the point where the dross, which is the junk, it actually rises to the top and can be separated off. But the only way to get rid of the junk is a is lot of heat. A <laughs> lot of heat. Exactly right. But there's another in the fire. That's a song. That is. I, you know, I love this analogy, and this is why I wanted to bring it up. Because, first of all, yes, it takes a lot of heat to get rid of the junk. And we sometimes have a tendency to act out or be very ugly on the outside. But <laughs> right. if we give ourselves over to the master, he makes something beautiful out of the results, don't you think? Oh, man. And again, we would not in advance sign up for that. Well, listen, God can make you beautiful on the other side of this fiery furnace. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't wish it oh, on no. people Oh, no, hey, listen, there's got to be a bridge, there's got to be an undercut, there's got to be a another shortcut. way, a shortcut, right? <laughs> but no, um, what happens is God refines us, and now we're more pure for his use. What does that look like, right? But without faith, I'm also taken back to Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Impossible. And how does belief and faith work together? So I would ask this question. I'm 
I'm good at answering a question with a question, Angie. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> right? But here's here's the question that that is it different? And I loved it because when I had my daughters on, yeah, like there's no blurry lines. <laughs> like it is. Well, faith is, and my daughter is just so matter of factly. Well, faith is believing God, and so there is no blurry lines. Faith is in God, in Christ, because we talked about this. You can have faith in something that is temporal, mm. but it may or may not be a reality. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you an example because you got to have a real life example. So, you know, as a as a kid, you play the game, you fall backwards and somebody's going to catch me. Thing. Oh, the trust fall. That's the trust fall, right? That's the faithful. Well, I have faith, honestly, that they're going to be there, but there is a possibility that it won't happen. Yeah. There really is. I have faith in that. I have all faith in that. But what happens if all of a sudden they get a cough and they have to turn aside? Or if they weren't paying attention because exactly. they were talking. That split second, right? And You're all on the floor. of a sudden, yeah, oh, 99.9999% chance they're going to catch me. And I'm willing to take that little small risk, right? But it actually might not happen. Right. But with God, all things are possible. To mm. him who believes. It's having faith in God, who is the only perfection that ever existed. And I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, I've lost faith in my government. Right. You know, I know that that's one thing. Your faith should not have been in the government in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, he trumps all of the government. And I don't, I don't use that facetiously, right. obviously. Trump, he, he trumps Trump even. Yes, he does. <laughs> but, you know, they say, I love this when we had Christmas recently, and it said that the government will be on his shoulders. Ooh. And I said, okay, I could take that literally. That the government or men or women can rule however they see fit, but ultimately... God has given us a law and a way to live, and he has sent a son who's given us incredible grace and a, a wonderful gift that we can take to help us to get through this life. Right. So we should not be looking to people and humans because they weren't the ones who died on the cross. Amen. And, and they won't. Right. They, they, no, will, they not. will not. Right. When the rubber meets the road, right? right. And Jesus said, you'll know who a friend is when they're willing to lay down their life for another. Yeah. That's where we should be setting our sights on, right? We should be willing to lay down our lives for those who God loves, but we haven't Angie, yeah. nor probably would we. That's true. Let me share this. This just came to my remembrance. Angie, a pastor was talking to our team pretty recently and I've known this pastor for many years. He's mentored me for many years. Love him dearly. And he made this statement. And he said, Mark, I know you love me because we've been together. We've worked together. We've had a great relationship over the years. And he said, and I know you love me. And he goes, would you die for me? And I go, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I really think I would, pastor. And he goes, you know what? I believe that you would. And then he said this, Angie, would you let your son die for me? Mm. Oh. And I said, no. no, I said, no, I wouldn't. Right. I really wouldn't, Angie. Like as much as I love earthly love, right? That person. Yeah. Mm, 
I wouldn't let my son die for him. Right. But that's the picture of God's love for us. Oof. Wow. Isn't that powerful? Wow. I was like, wow, okay, I got a ways to go, right? Yeah. And the goal isn't that I need to get to the place where I need to let my son die, but I need to accept God's love in that. And I should allow that love to compel me in how I live and how I view others. Mm. That's the love that will change the world. Wow. And I think it has. <laughs> yeah, but we need to walk in that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is that is the truth. That's the truth of the gospel. That's the truth of what the Bible teaches us. And it's, what are people believing? Mm. I, I put a thing up on my Facebook page the other day that says, it was a church sign that says, if you believe everything you read, start, start with the Bible. With the Bible. <laughs> I know, I saw that. It's so good. Well, so isn't good. it the truth? People are so gullible when it comes to the internet or what they see on Facebook or even what they see in the news. But yet, we don't go into the Bible to see what the truth is. And where was truth established? It was in the Bible. And see, I, I guess why all of this ties together, because it is all about our faith. It is. And we have to really take a really good, hard look at where we are in our faith. And what are we really believing? Yeah. And are we believing in man to to get us to the next place? That's it. Or are we believing that God is taking us to the next place? And then that kind of shifts your thinking. And going back to what you said right from the beginning, this picture that you had, do we react to every little thing or do we think spiritually and know that God is still working out his plan? Yeah. And we can still rejoice in that because we know he's always in control. He's never out of control. Right. And do we also see that we have a job to do while we're here? Because I would hate to see people's lives cut short and not know the Savior that could offer them eternal life. And God knows our hearts. Of course, he said, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Yes. He knows our heart and he knows what an idolatrous generation we are, what an idolatrous people we are. Angie, it's why he started the Ten Commandments that way Mm. and said, listen, I, the Lord your God, I'm, by the way, I'm a jealous God because I know your hearts. And this is what happens when we, our faith, what I feel like begins to be diluted by other things. And we wouldn't call them idolatrous. We wouldn't label them as an idol. Yeah, because we don't think that they are. Exactly. But what happens is our faith in God, because that's the only pure faith that there is. That's what my daughter said, too. The only faith is faith in God. When that becomes diluted, Mm. then it becomes diluted because it's starting to grab onto other things. And so we've kind of talked about the different things about faith and how we've stood on shifting sand. That's basically, if we haven't stood on the rock, we're standing on sand. And I have stood on sand before, especially when the water comes in and it slides out from underneath my feet and you end up being in the sand instead of on top of the sand. So Mark, let's give some people, let's give our friends some practical advice on how to move into a place of greater faith. Mm. How can we help people to get there? I, I mean, it is a personal walk, but can we give them some advice, some maybe some tips along the trip? Yeah, you know, Angie, never thought this was going to come to this, but it is uh, being set up by the Lord as we speak. I was delivered from addictions many, many years ago. And I've had a lot of people come to me in counseling sessions and just overall conversations over the years. And they said, well, okay, I know that God delivers and I know that people get set free 
And then, you know, a lot of people struggle and then they always continually struggle with that the rest of their lives kind of thing. And Mm. I had to say, you know, honestly, I don't anymore. Like, I don't struggle in that area at all. Mm -hmm. 100% I do not. But people started asking me the same question you asked me. Well, what's some practical ways? What would you attest to God delivered you and then you've been able to remain free from it? And you know what it is, Angie? I said it this way, it's replacement theory or it's replacement. And what did I do? I replaced the time that I spent pursuing that Mm -hmm. with time pursuing God. And Mm. it sounds... So cliche. Oh, no. But I'm no. telling you, so good. God is my witness, Angie. This is what I did. I took that time because whatever you pursue, whatever that is drugs, alcohol, power, money, uh, sports, like fame, whatever you pursue, right? It takes time yes. to pursue that. And you know what I did? I replaced that time chasing whatever that is. And I started pursuing God. Now, for me, I got into the word. I took that time and I wasn't smart enough at that time to actually make a conscious decision, but I just did it. I knew I had to Mm -hmm. in order to be free and stay free. And I didn't even know all of those things. I just know that I needed God that much to get me out and to keep me out. And so I call it replacement. I replaced that time pursuing God. Again, what we just talked about, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God. That is the world that I have to live in. That is the world that I want to pursue. That is the world that I want to be surrounded in so that Mm. my faith can grow. Wow. That's really good. You know, when you said that, I'm thinking, I sometimes run to the refrigerator (laughs) and I could be running to my Bible. (laughs) Right. You kind of spoke right to me there. Yeah, that is really good. That's a quote that I'm going to hold on to. I may have to write that down and put it in front of me. That's a really, really good one. So people need to replace the time they would have spent doing worldly things and putting that back into God. And and that's getting into his word and sitting And quietly. I'm not patting myself on the back for that, Angie, because I really didn't have easy. it figured out. I didn't even have it figured out. Like, I just realized later when people asked me to explain it, it's like, um, I don't know. What did I do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think that's good because I think it's the Lord being in control and me not even realizing yes. the journey. And, and I was in the hollow of his hand, yeah. Angie. I, I actually had to ask that question to him one time as well because... Things had changed drastically. And when I finally realized that something had changed, I was like, okay, God, I don't understand what changed. Mm. What happened that I'm now on the other side? And he said to me, it was because you finally believed. Wow. It was because you finally believed that I was for you and not against you. And that is why I have the word believe tattooed on my wrist. Wow. Because... I needed to believe that God was for me. You know, that's the basis of it all. If you don't think that God is for you, if you think he's ready to just knock your knees out when you come around the corner, then how are you going to follow and serve that God? No, you got to know he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And he wants so badly. You said, you know, you said about the children, how badly do we want our children to stay close to us because we love them so much? Right. And that's the way he is with us. And we need to know that he loves us that much so that we can go 
and live this life in that freedom and in that power. And yeah, we got to believe it. Yeah. It starts there. It starts there. Wow. And you know, the disciples came to Jesus privately and they asked him, Lord, help our unbelief. Yeah. That's because yeah. that's start what it comes there. down to. I did start there, Mark. I, I think I actually quoted that back to the Lord and said, wow. I just don't, you got to help me here because I'm got doubt and I've got unbelief and I need to hear that, you know, that confirmation of your love. And he did. Yeah. He doesn't disappoint. He wants to love us. Yeah. And I think people forget that. So often we, we think of God as this man. Right. And he's, no, he's a God. He created the universe. That's it. He raised a man from the dead. Quite a few <laughs> men from the dead, yes, including he did, Jesus. Right? <laughs> including me. Amen. Right? All of us. Wow. Amen. And so I, I want to offer an opportunity, if you're listening to this right now, that if you really are desiring a change, hey, Mark and I will pray with you. All you got to do is go to our website, shinefmohio.com, and under the contact tab is a prayer request, and just fill that out and make mention that you. this is the things that you're seeking God after. We will pray, and I, um, and I'm, I'd be honored to pray with these people. Speaking Amen. of prayer, really looking forward to the series on prayer that's coming up because this is my 2021 goal, oh, Mark wow. Bird. I want to be a person of prayer. Amen. And I am I am ready. I am in warrior mode. I am ready to go. So can't wait to get that series started. Amen. I can't wait either, Angie. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.